Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. And now your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by Jeannie Seeley. She is a country music legend and an American classic. As a singer, few can deliver a song like her. She's also a songwriter, has a recording career that spanned six decades, and has received a Grammy Award in 1966. She's also a radio personality. I've had a lot of joy listening to her on Sirius XM's Willie's Roadhouse channel. She's a member of the Grand Ole Opry for more than 50 years, and she has a new album coming out. It's called An American Classic. It'll be out next month. So it's a great honor to welcome Miss Country Soul, Jeannie Seeley. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Paul. Thank you for that nice introduction, and we appreciate you giving us an opportunity to say hello to all the listeners out there. We appreciate them so much. Well, I've been listening to a lot of the music. I got an advance of this album, an American classic, and there's a single, and I'm hoping you can tell us about it, Not a Dry Eye in the House, and it's a duet with Willie Nelson. Well, first of all, that song was written by Dallas Wayne, and he recorded it several years ago. And I've loved the song ever since I first heard it. And I'll tell you, I like Dallas's record so well that I had to listen to it just enough to learn the song and then not listen anymore so that I could interpret it my way. And when we were talking, when Willie said he would like to do a duet with this, I was looking through everything that I had, and I, I just felt like this song lent itself to... Willie and me, and when Dallas Wayne heard it, he said, I love the reading y'all did because it just sounds like an intimate conversation between two old friends, and I guess that's what we are by now. (laughs) First met Willie in 1963 in California, so we've been friends for a long time. What's it like singing with someone like Willie Nelson? Well, we didn't do it at the same time in this instance, although years ago we did one in the studio together and way back, uh, I guess in the 80s, maybe on one of my projects, he and I did uh, the old classic of old friends. But Willie, his phrasing is so unique. And of course, in the early years, he's one of the people that I learned from because I always had the opportunity to be around Willie and Hank and Harlan Howard, Roger Miller, and all of them early on. But I remember Willie said one time, pay really close attention to your diction and phrasing, because he said he was laughing. He said, there's no sense to stay up all night and write a great song if people don't understand what you said. (laughs) So that always stuck with me. But of course, his phrasing is so unique. But I found out, too, when I suggested that song that uh, Willie liked the song, too. He was aware of the song, so that was helped to make the decision. I wanted to make it as easy for Willie as I could. 
So the way we did it, we sent the track to Buddy Cannon, who then who's his producer here in Nashville. Then Buddy sent it on to Willie's engineer, and he said he'll just have it. Willie's liable to put his voice on at the ranch or in the studio in Austin or maybe in Hawaii or somewhere on his bus. Who knows? But he'll always have it with him and. Whenever he has time, he'll put it on there. So that's the way that was done. We're joined today by Jeannie Seeley. This new album, I was listening to the variety of stuff you have on this record, and it's really varied. It's impressive. You know, you've got that Paul McCartney song on there. You've got some... How fun is that? (laughs) Yeah, I love that song. (laughs) It's great. That was... Well, Don Kusick, my producer on this, said, I wanted, I want a lot of talking points on this album. And he said, I want to do things that maybe nobody would expect you to do. And uh, as well as, you know, having some guest artists that mean a lot, people that mean a lot to me. And uh, when he mentioned dance tonight, I'm like, well, I don't even hear that at all in my realm. How, why? And he said, because I didn't know, Paul, that there are dance music charts. I seem to have been out of this connection for that long. But anyway, he said, we might stand a chance there. If not, it's sure a good talking point. And I said, well, it's super fun. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this. If we ever get to do some live shows again, I think we will. And, of course, uh, we asked Ray Stevens to come in and sing on And he said, where do you want me to sing? And I said, well, you're the musical genius. I said, sing wherever <laughs> you think it would be good. And I said, all I ask is you do that one line where the yodel is because my yodel's broke. <laughs> <laughs> he said, we'll get that one. So we had a lot of fun in the studio doing that. He's such a great guy. And another thing on there was the um, To Make a Dream Come True, the story song. Ray brought that, and his right-hand man, Buddy Cow, brought it. He came in, and he said, told Don Cousy, he said, you have to do this song with Jeannie Seeley. And Don said, Oh, well, we're all through recording. Ray said, you don't understand. You have to do this song with Jeannie. (laughs) Don said, you don't understand. We've spent all the money. Curb will let us spend. So Ray said, well, I have my own studio. I can do it. So um, we found what key I sang it in. He went to his studio and recorded all the tracks himself and then put all those background vocals on. And then he brought me in the studio to sing my part, and I learned so much from him that day. I just wouldn't trade anything. So that's just a real fun, fun song. I'm glad you brought up Don Cusick. He also wrote the liner notes on the album, and I'm hoping you can tell us, how did you decide on him, or how did you end up with him as the producer of this record? Well, it was Don's idea. He called me one time. Don, by the way, is a music professor at Belmont University. And I'd known him from different 
music business functions and in and out of the Opry and all. So when he called me and he said uh, he was going to be out at the Opry and he said, if you have a minute, I'd like to talk to you about something. So I said, sure, just meet me in my dressing room as soon as I come off stage. So I had no idea what he wanted to talk about. And he said, I just would like to do a project with you. He said, I have this concept, you know, of doing all these different types of music and combinations. And I just, I just, you're so still so active. He said that I just think you're one of the legends we need to hear more from. So I was thrilled to death. So it was his idea. And then when we got it done, he took it to um, Curb Records to pitch it to them and they accepted the album. So that's how it came about. And I'm just so thrilled to be working with Don. And again, I learned so much from him. I didn't have the opportunity to go to Belmont University and take their wonderful music program there. But I got to cheat a little bit. And at 80 years old, I got to learn from a music professor. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing he came up with was the, uh, of course, he wrote the, the Celtic flavor song that's on there that's very unique and has such a haunting sound. I I enjoyed that a lot. And also he said, uh, I want to look for a uh, an old pop song that nobody would expect you to do. And he said, I'm sure there's one out there. And I said, we don't have to look. I know the song I want to do. I've wanted to sing this song since I was 13. <laughs> And so I brought him Teach Me Tonight. And I I love the song. I'm so happy with the way it came off. Don Cusick, he sounds like a really smart fellow. (laughs) He is, and he's a great guy. He's done a lot of work with a lot of of different directions directions in our industry. In fact, uh, a little... Uh, tidbit he's working on an album with the McCrary sisters right now so I can't wait to hear that project I'm glad you mentioned that song with the Celtic flavor to it Peaceful Waters I was listening to that this morning and I was thinking gosh this is a perfect song for the times we're in right now no kidding Well, I've found my peaceful waters right here on the bank of the Cumberland River. (laughs) Yeah? I found a, a, yeah, back in 1990, I found a little cottage that had been run down. It was uninhabitable when I bought it. It's on a hundred foot of river frontage. And I just fell in love with where it is. And so I bought it and it was one of the greatest little projects that I've ever undertaken. I bought it and I started chopping salvage yards and everything for unique windows and doors and stuff. And so, and uh, hired a handyman and learned to do a bunch of stuff myself and put it together. And then I, I knew I wanted, I rented it for a couple of years, but then I knew I wanted to live here. So I downsized from the big farmhouse I'd been in in years out in Hendersonville and moved down here. And so happy I did. General Jackson goes by and 
back or it did back when it was running. Of course, everything's shut down right now. I'm still doing my uh, serious STEM shows. I heard you mention that earlier. And where I used to go downtown to the Sirius XM studios, which are in that sphere at the corner of the Bridgestone Arena. But uh, since everything is shut down, we're doing them from here on the cottage on the river. Well, what have these days been like for you since this this year we never saw coming? <laughs> What's it been like? Well, I have to say that at my age now, it doesn't bother me like it would. Of course, Carly Pierce, young new artist, as a real close friend of mine, and I've watched her work so hard for so many years. I first was aware of Carly when she was working in the shows at Dollywood and then later on at Country Tonight down in Pigeon Forge. And then she moved here. I used to clear her and her friends go back into the Opry where she could learn and meet people. And then to have that big hit record that you dream of having and get booked on all of these big Coliseum shows opening for, you know, Luke Bryan and all these big artists today. To be her age at 29, And for it to all be taken away from her, it just breaks my heart. But she's she's really focused. She works out with her trainer. I see her out all the time, and she's she's writing some new music. I'm glad that she's able to do that while she's down. So she'll come back. But I think back at how I felt after working so many years And when Don't Touch Me hit, how if that would have all been taken away from me, I would have been devastated. But I have to say now I'm enjoying a little more time at home. I have more time than I've ever, ever had at home, I guess. (laughs) And um, we had started rebuilding, remodeling the deck on the back of the cottage. And so I put all my focus into that, getting that finished and redecorated doing some stuff in my house, repainted some of the rooms. And I said, if this, when this stuff clears out, not if, I'm praying there's an end to it. And we get back out busy again, at least I'll know all the projects that I wanted to get done are done. (laughs) So enjoying that part. And we've been riding our bikes, Gene, and I have those three-wheel bicycles. And so we've been riding those, and we got a golf cart to run around the neighborhood then. And I, it's got flames. It's a Harley Davidson. It's got flames down the side, and I call it Jean's Garth cart because it looks like Garth Brooks' shirt. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we live on just a small street closed on both ends, and one street that goes out to the rest of the world from the middle so we uh, know all of our neighbors and so that has helped us not feel so isolated because the girls in the neighborhood we all walk or like I said or ride bikes and so we're we're together even though we're socially distancing Hmm. well you know a second ago you or a moment ago you were mentioning your song don't touch me written by Hank Cochran Last night, I taped an interview with Bobby Braddock, 
and he has this new book out. I don't know if you've seen it, Country Music's Greatest Lines. I, I've seen that it's out. I have got to get that book because I love him. He's great. Oh, yeah. But what was the line? What, what would you say in the interview about it? Well, don't open the door to heaven if I can't come in. And there you are, and you're you're illustrated. You're brought to you're you're brought to to life on the page. It's it's such a cool thing. I just didn't know if you had seen it, but you know. And I was looking. No, it's really cool. I can't wait for you to see it. It's going to be a kick, I'm sure. Great. It made me think about all of the the great songwriters that you've covered through the years and of course the great songs you've written yourself who would you say the greatest all-time country music songwriter was you know that's very difficult because i have like you say been fortunate to be a part of so many of them but i have to say that bill anderson probably is the most prolific. When you look at Bill's career, I mean, it, it's like he's seldom been out of the chart since he went in with City Light. And his music, he's so active today, still writing when, with all the young artists and all. But when you look at Bill's catalog, I'd have to say maybe overall his is is the most prolific of all. And that's saying something. We got Willie and uh, Harlan's catalog, I think, was even bigger than than Hank's. But, um, boy, that's a class to be in, I'll tell you. It'd be been too hard to say, really. You were mentioning at the beginning of the interview about how we are all waiting for the day when we can go and see some live music again. And you've been with the Grand Old Opry for a long time now. And for for us who are in the audience or who are listening on the radio, it's a religious experience. What does it mean to you, the Grand Old Opry? Oh, the, the Grand Old Opry has been a way of life for me as far back as I can remember. My mother always said that I found WSM when I was four years old. Of course, my family listened to the Grand Old Opry, and I saw where that dial was, and she said I was always unhappy when I thought every time I turned that, the Grand Old Opry should be there, you know, instead of just, I said, I still feel that way. And in today's world, we kind of can do that. But, yeah, it was just a way of life. That's what we did on Saturday nights was the Grand Old Opry. Everything else was on hold, and and we all listened. And, of course, I started singing with the dance band when I was 13, did some radio spots at 11. So it's just always been a way of life, and it was a dream, you know. But when I got and I worked, you know, singing country music and, of course, listening to the Opry. And that's where I learned a lot of the songs was listening because we didn't have wonderful radio shows like yours that we could hear. You know, you had one early morning local farm report and country music on Saturday mornings, and that was about it. But anyway, when I got out of school, 
I worked a couple of years and then decided to move to Southern California, getting out of Northeast winters. And uh, so that was the longest I was ever away from the Grand Ole Opry. I was out there about four years. And that's where I first started recording and getting some songs recorded. So when I saw that there was a possibility of making a living doing this, I um, wanted to come back to Nashville, the center of it all. And also that would put me in view of the Grand Old Opry where I wanted to be. Ironically enough, I was on the Opry before I, I, I ever saw it. I never, I, although I'd listened my whole life, I never had the opportunity to go to the opera. So uh, to say I was in total shock, awe, I was thrilled, it was, <laughs> and terrified. Every emotion you can think of, I think, was going through when I got to make my first guest appearance. Then the first night that I was there as a member Oh, it just, I mean, my heart was just bursting wide open. So I knew uh, what a thrill recently when they allowed me to invite Rhonda Vincent to become the next member of the Grand Old Opry. I've kind of lobbied as much as I could. We don't have any choice, by the way. People think we do, but we don't have any say as artists who is a member. But I would certainly drop hints for Rhonda whenever the opportunity came up. So they allowed me to be the one to invite her. And she was so thrilled. And I just reposted a picture of us that night. Again, this morning, as a matter of fact, it came up. So I know that thrill. And to give that to somebody that it means so much to. And of course, Rhonda was the same way. She, the opera has been a part of her life all her life. Well, with all of these honors that you have, being able to record with, with fellow artists that you admire, to make a great album like this, to be in the Grand Ole Opry, to be regarded as the great artist that you are, what is the best thing about being Jeannie Seeley? Well, I, everything about being Jeannie Seeley is good to me. I know how blessed I am. I've been really really fortunate to uh, have good health for the most part, knock on wood. And uh, I just, I try to, um, I try to keep a positive attitude all the time. I try to stay busy. My girlfriend, Carolyn, that I tell all my joke routines about, her line is, uh, she said, we've all got some sitting down time coming. So don't sit down until you have to. <laughs> you sit down, you may not get back up. So I'm so thrilled with the opportunities I still get. Another honor recently that, of course, I dreamed of maybe becoming a part of the Grand Old Opry. But one honor I was bestowed recently, it never, ever crossed my mind that I'm so proud of. And that's the Honorary Doctorate of the Arts degree bestowed to me by Lincoln Memorial University. That's the same university that gave uh, Dr. Ralph Stanley his doctorate of music. So that mine covers the whole arts because of the other stuff I've done. So that was just, I mean, 
I, I never dreamed of anything like that. So you don't have to call me Dr. Seeley all <laughs> the time, Paul. But, <laughs> but that was just wonderful. And I think uh, I know, as I started to say, I know how blessed I've been. And that's a brass ring that's very hard to catch on to. And once you do, you got to hang on for dear life to, to carry out the ride. But it's been a wonderful ride for me. If it ends tomorrow, and I pray that it doesn't, but if it does, I have no regrets. I, I've seen so many of my dreams come true. I've had people say that uh, maybe I didn't dream big enough, but to me, success is being able to do what you want to do for a living and to be happy. And I'm, my mantra always is when I'm choosing a paint or making a decision on remodeling my house, bottom line is the only one I really have to please because the only one I really have to live with is me. <laughs> so that's just the way I I just feel like I've been very fortunate to do what I want to do for a living and be able to live the lifestyle that I do. And I thank everybody out there listening that's ever come to see us at the shows or bought our records. We we appreciate you so much. We truly couldn't do what we do without you. Well, I want all the listeners out there to visit com. And keep your eyes and ears open. The album that's going to be coming out soon is called An American Classic. Jeannie Seeley, An American Classic. So, Dr. Seeley, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> it's been an yeah. honor. It means so much. Well, thank you, Paul. If they do digital, you know, you can go to what the curb promotion item right now is. If you go to Spotify or iTunes, if you pre-order the album, then you get this bonus track with Willie Nelson and me for free right now. All right. So that you can listen to it on your phone or any of those things. So, But we will have the physical copies, like you say, in August on my website. So, And again, I appreciate everybody who listens to me, including you, Paul. I didn't know you listened to sun that you spent Sundays with Seeley, but we thank you for that. Oh, you're a great radio personality. It's wonderful to hear you on there. Well, great. I think that when I came up with the idea to just call somebody, that's been a good addition to the show. Everybody has been complimenting me on that. So it's interesting to to talk to everybody. <laughs> well, you mean a lot to so many of us. So thank you very much for spending time with us. All right. Well, anytime, Paul and Appreciate you letting me have an open door to all your wonderful listeners. Thank you, and y'all come and see us, you hear? <laughs> all right. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. Hosted, written, and produced by Paul Leslie. Intro theme song, Alexander's Ragtime Band. Written by Irving Berlin. Performed by Dan Barrett. Outro scatting G-Things, improvised, performed, and produced by John Goodwin. Until next time. Goodbye.